Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and I have my two little friends in two little black boxes, Ryan. Scott's in space. Space. And speaking of which, Scott. I'm in space. Uh, being, being, a, uh, being a space boy up in space. Gotta go space. Gotta go space, space. Anyways, Ryan, how's your gaming been? Uh, pretty good. Just uh, came back from Forest of Doors uh, lat yesterday and beat the fuck up. And yeah, it. you. That was the first time you've larped, larped in year and a half. Year and a half, basically. Mm-hmm. And there was a yeah. I mean, I managed not to puke, so that was cool. <laughs> oh, that, that's victory one right it there. Was, I cut. I will. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I cut it close a few times. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm not like fully crippled today so that's that's nice i'm, yeah. I'm able to like Very i can good. walk hey man small victories that's all i'm gonna say other than that um d and is pretty good uh i think i have everyone coming up yeah we haven't done strad in a bit since since we last spoke to you dear we were your dear listeners yeah it's the werewolf slapping yeah the werewolf, so yeah so Great good story. so good and scott what about you how's your gaming uh it's been all right it's been mostly uh aberrant uh i uh, i uh, ran a just a like a fucking great game last night like it was really fucking good good like, i figured you know more about that uh well i will i will certainly uh hit the uh the youtube link to you when i have a private a private youtube link for it mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah and it was really good just a mix of like factional conflict plus like a teen drama and then superhero bullshit hey on point there's a reason young justice is a very beloved beloved cartoon out there. Young justice i have to say it that way every time i gotta... <laughs> i'm looking forward to the next season it looks like it's gonna be pretty good yep um anything else from you uh nothing really i mean i'm just i'm been putting around on a couple of video games Trying to uh, playing Deltarune, the next chapter of that. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Which it's it's good, but you know I, I got to get into a mode for that one just because it is such a such a very stripped down gaming experience. It's a unique experience, just like yeah. the original was. Just like yeah, and um, I tried Blood Hunt out today, and it quickly lost my interest. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's the uh, the the free for all. Uh, bang bang shooter. Bang bang shooter. I was like, ah, okay, all right. This is this is what this is. It's not really all that much of what I care it's about. Not when it comes Bloodlines to Two. It's not yep. Bloodlines Two at all. What is the latest? I've actually lost track of what the hell is going on with. Absolutely Bloodlines. nothing. Okay. The latest on Bloodlines Two is absolutely nothing. Got it. I think you know Excellent. what everyone else knows. Yep. Cool. Cool. That Trust me, if there were, if there were news about it, I would talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for my gaming, not much. Uh. Not much role-playing of the Mad Mage, but that's been on hold for a little bit because we had FOD and a few other things that are coming up, so that will be a thing. Um, but we're so close. We're so close. Um, probably by the end of the year is my thinking. By the end of the year, we'll be done with that all the way to level 20, which I'm super happy about. Yeah. Uh, in sort of non-role-playing news, though, I went to my first uh, like official quote-unquote tournament for Age of Sigmar, got my ass completely handed to me on a silver platter, I mean, that's to be expected, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I just got really, really bad matches with things that I wasn't, like, I was not expecting. 
Did they, uh, did they learn you something? Yeah, did I they... learned a few things. I mean, everyone was super great and congenial and sportsmanlike, right? There were no mm -hmm. bad actors. It's just I got rolled, and that's going to happen in a dice game sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you moved your mans around. I moved my mans around and had a good time with some people. So that's what it's really all about. Good um, to know. As for actual role-playing stuff, I've got an idea in my head for something or something. Because I figured out there's one like mode of like method of role playing, like running a game that I've never done that I think may be good. Naked. Um, hex scroll. Hex scroll based, if you guys are familiar with what hex scroll is. Not at all. Nope. So hex scrolling is where you basically make a map and the PCs have the map. And there's only the hub, the like the main town or central location for the PCs to hang out in. And there are hexes going out. And in every so often, each of these hexes, you've got something going on there. There's no real big overarching plot of a hex crawl. The whole point of a hex crawl is you're sort of letting the PCs explore and do things on their own base without like the impetus for like a like an actual story. The story like organically comes out of the hex crawl and the oh, things okay. they do I, or don't do. I have thoughts regard. I've had thoughts regarding that style of play, yep. uh, but just not at the D and D based. Yeah, yeah, you can do it for any game if you yeah. want. You can do it any way you yeah, want more, to do it. Kind of like more of an open world kind of setup. Very much so. And and I think one of my weaknesses as a GM I found is I love a good story, but I get too vested in telling, trying to tell that story yeah. and not letting the players and the characters do their own thing. And this forces that completely out of my hands because I'm just coming up with content. I'm not directing the story. Um, that's much more in PC hands. Well, it's something I'm cooking around in my head. I may may put some time for some, uh, put some words down on paper, as it were. Uh, but let's head right on into the news, which we actually got some some really cool news. Uh, first thing is uh, the latest Unearthed Arcana has basically confirmed what we all were suspecting for the last couple months, which is mm -hmm. uh, Spelljammer, everyone. Oh, yeah. Spelljammer. Yeah, another kind of called Travelers of the Multiverse. It, I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys. It basically has space races. Would you like to play some space-oriented or what they call multiverse-oriented mm -hmm. races? Yep. Space Astro ants. Yeah. Thrycreen <laughs> are in there. Uh, From Astro space. Elves. Yeah, Astro Elves. Uh, Autonomes, which is hilarious. <laughs> They're basically mechanonomes. Nice. Uh, yeah, there's plasmoids. You get to basically play an ooze. Hmm. Who vaguely looks like a humanoid? I'm just a flump, everybody. Yeah, just kind of. Uh, which I really like. I think that's cool. We're gonna get some some ver their version of Spelljammer, which is fine. Uh, I think they're gonna overhaul what Spelljammer is all about. Yeah. Like some of the setting specifics of Spelljammer, but I, yeah. and they're probably gonna do multiverse stuff, like and going to another dimension, but not like the elemental plane yeah. fire, but a whole other sphere of prime material. Yeah, I mean, that, that that also opens the door for Planescape type stuff as well. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Like they can, they might they might be like merging those two into a single idea, which is cool. Which I'm I'm down for. I'm cool with that. I'll be interested Let's to go. see if how much how if at all they tackle the like the placement of you know our, all the settings in a sort of a, a cosmology because mm -hmm. that's what they used to do. Yeah, um, which you know led to some questionably weird stuff in some <laughs> cases and how the world is organized how the multiverse was organized 
Yeah, the uh, the, but also I think they've been surprisingly for fifth edition surprisingly uncanon. Like here's some here's a suggestion of canon, but we're not yeah. gonna hang everything on canon. And so they're probably gonna be like, yeah, use the stuff if you want, guys. This is how kind of it works. But we're not gonna like give you every nut and bolt of how it's put together. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, they've 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 made uh, overtures towards canon, uh, particularly in their live play stuff, mm-hmm, like absolutely. you know, like um, you know, acquisitions incorporated and uh, dice camera action back when that was a thing uh, existed in the same continuity. Yeah, uh, and like all a lot of other stuff existed in that continuity as well. Um, it's not so active right now, uh, thank you, COVID, uh, but. And then you, you then and that's strung together uh, because those both have relationships with wizards. Uh, that's that's strung together by you know they generally introduce stuff and use stuff from the latest big releases. Yep. And so there's a loose web of canon. That, that's, that's that's what I'm saying is like it's not like the old canon. It's not uh, like the old Planescape or the and, old uh, uh, Spelljammer type stuff. In, in other news and uh, D D related stuff of just stuff coming out, by the way, they sort of stealthily released something called the Minsk and Boo's Journal of Villainy. Yep. Which is actually a complete book, like a complete yeah. full book uh, that you can get a hardcover copy of if you want. But it's it is print just, on demand. Uh, I think, yeah, you can get a hardcover cup premium version for like 45 bucks or just the pdf for 15 bucks it all goes to extra life mm-hmm. oh cool uh, yep and it is a full just book about like here's some henchmen and hmm. some and some jerks and <laughs> some starting hometowns and some and apparently one of the main authors was the guy who wrote the original Baldur's gate game so it has a lot of good stuff about Baldur's gate in there cool i looked at it a little bit i'm picking it up personally just because it has like how Here's some henchmen. Here's some fun hey, henchmen. Yeah, that's a henchmen. that's a good book to have. That's sh- that should be like one of the first books that should be released. It's like here's some bad guys for you to put in your game because we know coming up with a good bad guy can be hard. Yep. No, that's that's a high value t- uh, product right there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, speaking it's of other useful. high value products, uh, people have already got their pre-release copies of Fisben's uh, Guide to Dragons, uh, Treasury of Dragons. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks rad, like the raddest shit. I do have the, I I do have the uh, the fancy boy copy on order, so I'll be getting yeah, that when, like, when it comes they, in. They put up picture. People have put up spoilers of the table of contents. Oh, there's some good Draco Hydra, uh, oh, Draconians, shit. which are the stuff the guys from uh, um, uh, Dragonlance. Yes, neat Draconians, uh, Dragon followers. Like it's. Do you like dragons? Get this book. You like the dragons part of the Dungeons and the Dragons? <laughs> Would you like half the Here game? You go. You like yeah, the I'm gonna pick up a copy. This this looks awesome. This looks yeah, like cool. some a lot yeah, of fun to play with. I mean, I'm glad ten years like basically like almost ten years in, they're still releasing books that make me go ooh. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean that's that's how they make the monies. Uh, in non D and D, the Kickstarter for both the Apocalyptic Record for Werewolf is yes. ongoing right now. Yep. Uh, if you like werewolf at all, please back that. I want the I want some of those stretch goals. Yep. <laughs> um, and the um, Mind's Eye Theater War of Ages book is what, out on Kickstarter. What is that, Scott? I actually I actually haven't looked into that. It's actually a couple of things. Uh, it is a book that essentially it is a book that 
you can use with in conjunction with the Mind's Eye Theater rule set to play in the V5 continuity. Interesting. And it also has like um, uh, in addition to that, it has rules, uh, rules and uh, commentary and uh, descriptions of stuff about Nordic Blarp base. Oh, okay. Like, right. like, like Jackalope's end of line, like the 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 more collaborative um, style of, of role playing vampire. Okay. It puts it puts those kind of ideas into an official book. Cool. And uh, something that they announced when the Kickstarter launched launched is they're actually in partnership with a, a Nordic LARP studio, Reverie, uh, Reverie, uh, and they are doing a big style. Uh, vampire LARP in New Orleans next November, uh, which is uh, it's Saturnalia. So it's a big vampire party, and it's in New Orleans, and it's multi-venue. They have multiple locations uh, across the in, this, in an area of the city. So it's not just one place that you're at. You actually hop around the uh, 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 district of the city. You have my attention. I yes. mean, it's, it's not cheap. Oh, like, like it's it's, 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 not cheap. it's closer than Austin, everyone. It is marginally closer than Austin. <laughs> uh, I, I I had the conversation with Ray about how much I wanted it, uh, but it was way too much, and I uh, I I'm holding out hope for a 2020 Elysium Chronicles event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if that happens, I'd rather put my money in that direction because. They're a known quantity, and it's a thing that has a continuity, and it's a thing that will continue as opposed right. to a one-time thing that no doubt will be super goddamn awesome. Mm -hmm. I am not a wealthy man. <laughs> nope. So I got to budget my experience. So you said it was – is this the Endless Night thing? So. Uh, no, it's not Endless Night. It's um, Saturnalia. Saturnalia. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, and they've they've bundled some stuff in with the Kickstarter. You can, as part of your pledge for the books, you can get tickets and other add-ons for it. Um, so yeah, you can you can you can if you so desire spend a shit ton of money on that Kickstarter. Yeah, and you get everything in the kitten caboodle. Yeah, all of it together. Uh, yeah, I've I've backed it. Um, I've I've backed it because it's interesting, and I want I would I it's the Nordic rules that I'm most interested in. Plus, I, I like the idea of the V5 continuity and seeing how it plays with the Mindside Theater rule set. Yep. yep. Um, so I'm I'm intrigued by that. Uh, so I've gotten it, and uh, it also comes with a lot of like because my night studio actually does a lot of merch. Yeah. Um, like they do pins and patches and uh, like clan signal single stuff. Uh, so I've I've gotten up and they and it comes at a pretty good discount if you do it through the Kickstarter. So I picked up a few odds and ends at the Kickstarter. Oh, so that's cool. I'll put a link in the show notes. No problem yeah. with that. It it looks real cool. Yeah. Uh, and other news. This was just, just was like released like the other day, which is uh, or because uh, IP role playing games for I established IP is the thing now, which mm -hmm. is the Cowboy Bebop visual role. Oh shit. Game. Yeah. It is, it is going to be released in 2022 on Kickstarter uh, by, uh, I looked at this earlier. Um, 500 dang dollars. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. It was. Fumble, uh, they're an Italian game. Uh, they won the Italian game war year for not the end. I'm actually not sure who these people are. I, I'm not familiar with the name. I'll look into it and report back. 
Um, well, but, that's uh, that's interesting because that's going to come out around probably the Netflix adaptation. Yeah, that's good synergy I mean, there. Yeah. It seems like it's a synergistic uh, yeah. thing mm-hmm. going on there. Uh, the yeah, so we're going to get that in 2022. Uh, and real quick, just some small but unfortunately D and D related stuff. Uh, uh, Legend of Vox Machina got officially oh, yeah. released their opening, so you can get their opening animated uh, is on YouTube. Go check it out. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. It looks it's gonna good. Be on, it's going to be on Amazon Prime. I think yep. that's how I'm going to consume that story. Yep. And that will probably be much more condensed and you'll get what you want. And everyone, I think everyone that has, that is their character, they're voicing them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the I mean, actors that's, doing that's it. The, that's the ideal scenario, I suppose. <laughs> and then I'll finally understand what people are fucking talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I will I will give it a chance just so I understand. Yeah. Yep. I mean, last... it's probably going to be really cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder. Oh, I got to look up who's going to voice Vecna. I want to see who's voicing Vecna. I mean, it'll probably be Mercer. Oh, probably. Probably be... Mercer. Oh, yeah. Mercer Mercer's will... just, he's just every NPC they interact is just Mercer. All right. All right. Matt, we're going to need you. Not, not Matt, our Matt. Matt, yeah. I'm doing a bit. <laughs> Here's a pack of cigarettes. I know you're going to need this to uh, <laughs> really get your rasp on. Uh, just let us know when you're. Oh, here's also a fifth of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get your voice probably somewhere in the range of raspy enough to be Vecna properly. I know you're a professional. I'm sorry. That'll be. I, I'll. I'll have to look at the credits about how many people Mercer's gonna actually voice. That would be. I would love it if he was like over fifty percent of them. It was just him. <laughs> He's like, guys, you're paying me a lot of money to do this. Guys, have you ever felt like you're just talking to yourself sometimes? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that'll be fun. And the last little thing, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, the level up uh, for Advanced Five uh, E by uh, the In World guys uh, are up, and it's Kickstarter's up and running. So I'll put a link in the okay. show notes if you want to back. Have they, it's I'm doing guessing real they've good. already re- they've already received, achieved their goal. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. There, I think they're at four hundred thousand out of their forty thousand that they needed. I think so. They're like ten times already ten times. I'm sure they got them stretch goals ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's another another Kickstarter going off for um, gummy minis, which are like got little gummy goblins. That uh, that it's just it's just a cool little fantasy thing. But the the cool thing about it is that okay. uh, over PAX this week was last weekend PAX Australia, which they did all online because reasons. Yes. It's Australia. Uh, yeah. Uh, they had a game that was in uh, in co- collaboration with the gummy minis people. Uh, in which they had a basically special spicy versions of the gummies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you like watching funny people attempt to play D and D while eating progressively spicier things, it was real funny. Hot Ones has made an entire, you know, media thing around watching funny or interesting people eat progressively spicier things. This might work. Well, trying yeah, to it, hold, a, hold a conversation. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> It was just delirious from yeah, pain. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, they were all very delirious by the end of it, uh, and it was very funny. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I think they'll, hopefully they'll put that up on YouTube because that was just a fun time. Well, when you eat that much spicy stuff, your brain kind of it's like doesn't know what to do. So it's mm-hmm. just like I guess we'll just dump these endorphins here. And yeah, eat yeah. Them you're just and dumping and endorphins. That'll do in your it. Brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. You go a little cuckoo for a little while just because your brain just doesn't know what what the process. And it was very fun to watch that in real time. <laughs> All righty, folks. Uh, any more news from you guys? I'm tapped out. My news tickets all dry. All dry. Yep. All right. I got a case of the 
Oh wait, I was gonna say I have a case of the drips because my you know just the dripping spigot, but that doesn't sound right. No, no, no let's not go no, there. Back it on up, nagging on that there, sir. It's like so we're just gonna head right on to the time. main topic, which we're talking about the world, everyone. All what this, is it? What is it? What what does it mean? Who lives there? Why? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, in Aboriginal cultures, it was first created. What now? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Hey, that's actually point part there of it. There was one. Actually. There was a time when there was no earth and sky, and then that's uh, and then some bird, dude with I a think. giant cleaver came and ripped it in twain. And there were there was sky. And then and there earth. was water, and then the separation of waters. It, it's a mishmash. A whole bunch of stuff happened. And and you know when you're trying to do world building, you don't actually need to come up with a with a re reasonable creation myth. Uh, but it does probably. If, but. That is an example of a thing that might be very useful for kind of setting a generalized tone for how people think of the world they live in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what we're talking about today, Ryan already gave it away, is world building. If you haven't already guessed, it's about making the setting that you're going to run your game, no matter what it is. Now, typically this can be for like whole new new like a new IP type of situation where you're you're making something entirely new for like D D or something, or sort of setting the parameters of an established world like world of darkness like why what is going on with kane and where is he at what is he doing that kind of and stuff can, uh, and then it can go down to the small scale of like what's my city like yeah what's my city and, that, like? and you know and, and when you're talking you know vtm yeah what it what what is uh des moines what is Des Moines at by night like? Like what is? Yeah, sure. There's vampires in Des Moines, right? <laughs> Why not? Any, anywhere like? humans gather, the the kindred will suck on the vein. Yep, that is true. And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. Is just get sort of suggestions, ideas for world building. What it is. What are some best practices, as it were? Obviously, there are tons of people out there that have talked about this before us, and we'll talk after us because... Or may, and we may have talked about it at some point in these multiple just tons of episodes and have completely forgotten that we did. Oh, we've definitely suggested, like, certain things and talk about settings and stuff, but I don't know if we've dedicated an entire episode just to talking about world building. Um, but regardless, so first off, what we kind of alluded to it, but what's world building? What's what's the point of it? Why would you want to do it? Setting creation. If you, it, it is uh, either you wish to do something completely new with uh, a rule set that uh, that accommodates such a thing, or you want to drill down and fill out some empty space in a current setting. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You you don't want to just go by what is provided in whatever core or setting book. Uh, the 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 system that you're using offers or there's right. like or there's like there's a mark on a map with a name that they're definitely my pcs are definitely going to be walking around or near what the fuck is that the book yeah. doesn't say yeah it's like that's the elderwood okay. what's in what goes on in the elderwood is there someone in charge of it would someone be upset if you went there is there mm -hmm. is there a is there a boogin in the wood like eh. is there nothing operate right on dream logic yeah yeah exactly maybe there's a hag there huh because we're all part of world building and it's it happens a lot not just during the game but it happens majority of it probably happens before you sit down for session zero or even session one it's you you the gm the dm going down and going what kind of world do i want my players to inhabit and what are sort of the parameters what are the physics of it does it and that 
the difficulty of world building actually comes you know it, it's what leads to these you know these great setting books like the forgotten realms and everyone all that that's why they're so popular because a lot of people really don't feel super comfortable running a game unless they can answer some of the big sweeping questions yeah about mm -hmm. a world and it's really sometimes hard to come up with like i don't know man I, you're a cleric of this god uh what does that mean what is your whole religion like at least somewhere that's at least with a setting book that's written down but if you're if you're going like custom world custom everything it's like well you're kind of opening yourself up to having to answer the questions of like what's religion here like what does religion mm -hmm. mean in this do, do world do the gods even exist are the is any just, of this real i don't or, know yeah exactly or did the gods talk to you do they answer prayers where do the prayers come from what and even and then you just have the day-to-day -day stuff what is the structure of religion? Is it very individual or there's actually like a church structure, like an organized religion, or is it all individual based? What's going on with it? Is it the monarchy? Is it some kind of fantasy republic or, yeah. you know, whatever. And then like moving beyond stuff like D and D, um, you know, you can do world building in an established setting that's more sci-fi, like particularly if you're traveling amongst the stars, you can literally have a world that is not mentioned in any books that the PCs go to. Yep. A, an actual planet. And, you With know, the, of you, course, you, it must have the obligatory only one biosphere, like one. I, you know, one I feel like if, if any, any of our listeners who have been our pay or who are our patrons know how I feel about the single biosphere planets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, there are oceans and also a desert somewhere else. Fuck that. <laughs> it's not all just green trees. It doesn't work like that. There is no such thing as a forest planet. <laughs> uh, excuse me, it was a forest moon. Okay, okay still, still. I will burn you alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Scott's absolutely correct. And even fantasy science fiction, making a place that is whole cloth not written down anywhere is a part of world building if you want to do that because you want to introduce a new thing that hasn't been introduced the things you have to think of are very much like based around well what it, what are you building for like what game mm -hmm. are you building for yeah like right now i have taken on a project where i uh, some where i have to build kind of a I'm taking part in a multi-genre thing. So I have to think of like a single place, like a single, very self-contained world with some very specific self-contained rules. Thankfully, there is a bit of a template out there for like kind of how these things are put together. So I kind of have a leg to stand on and how I and how I weave the overarching themes of how worlds in this multi-genre thing were put together. Mm -hmm. But you know the questions you 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 still have to ask those questions like is there a religion here how does ma does magic exist here if so how does that even work like what do people dress like what's their culture it's yeah but, you world know. building is yep. is very much about generally asking the big questions yep like asking and and then answering them um because you need to understand because when a player has a question you want to feel confident and competent to go blah this yep. is what's going on. Even this... if it's two sentences. Yeah. You know, even if you were just like, no, it's just the Catholic church, but with lizard people, like, yeah, sure. you know, whatever <laughs> it could, that could be a reasonable answer for it's how the Catholic it works. Church, but, but hidden lizard people. It, yeah. That's <laughs> like, if you need a breakdown of how the structure of all those works. Yes. Including the dark parts anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those are, that's, that's a part of a world building. Now, 
there is such thing uh, because world building is a really good vehicle which can spur ideas. Obviously, it's, it, you were already talking like as you can hear from me, Ryan and Scott. We like this sort of thing. It's the big fun thing you can do with either yourself or with other people, just like collaborating, getting some good ideas going. Uh, and so you can come up with cool senses like, I don't know, in my world, but I go, the gods are dead. Like that immediately sets up of why are they dead? That means they were alive at one point. What happens? What, yeah. How do we get? Uh, yeah. It's, it's sometimes good to start with like a bit like, okay, well, I have this one thing, even if it's like, I have a sentence in my mind for that, you know, will get stuck there or something. And you say that one sentence, like, okay, let's build out from every implication of the words I just said. Mm -hmm. Like, like he just said, the gods are dead. Like that's, that might be the sentence that sparks a lot of like inspiration for someone. Like, okay, let's go from there. How do we, how do we build an entire world around the concept that there were once gods, but something killed them <laughs> or they killed each other. Yeah. How did I mean, that affect everything? Yeah, exactly. hundred um, percent. It's in, in, but there's also the uh, issue of something when you're world bending from the, especially from the ground up, when you're making your own sort of setting, let's just say D and D for ease, uh, but anything can work is like, you can overthink it. Mm -hmm. You could put a thousand hours into writing out your setting, but your PCs only interact with 10% of it. Mm -hmm. throughout the entire course of the game so yeah we've gone on the like well what is it what does it do but really when the most another important thing to really consider is how much is enough to start off like mm -hmm. yeah your pcs are going to be walking hopefully a pretty a path that at least you can understand where they might walk like mm -hmm. you can at least even if you give them as much freedom as you that you could possibly give them there is still some limitation on where they're going to be able to go given their means as players. Like D just going back to the stock standard example of D and D right. PCs who aren't like of a certain level can't just flit around, you know, and just yep. teleport places and shit. Mm -hmm. They can't plane shift. They can't do any of that. You know, vampires, for example, can't just move cities. It's not, it, it's an ordeal. To it's do an that. ordeal to do so. I mean, playing a vampire which is a vampire who owns a van mm -hmm. uh you know is a whole character concept one that yeah. moves vampires between cities that's a whole thing uh and that you know was in the vampire in the masquerade setting that was actually kind of neat like being a, a vampire whose whole responsibility is to get people out of cities and into new ones yep mm -hmm. so but okay so you know where your pcs at least for a, a time in the arc are going to be so you have to at least know the surface level of what's going on around them. So don't like crush your mind thinking of the entire cosmology and the entire history of your universe. Maybe at this point, just worry about this town and the town over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, it, it it's start. good to have a, it's good to have a, a very top level view of things. Right. Uh, right. Because, you know, it, 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 you know, who knows, you know, put your attention, put your focus on the things that the PCs are most directly tied to. Yeah. Um, and, and that could include things that are not directly on screen at the moment, like going to vampire for a moment. moment. Who are these people's sires? Where are their sires? Yeah. You know, like, uh, is there a sire in another city? Um, and that, that like is a thread that you have dangling there, which 
which owes some thought because who knows when the PC is going to pull that thread. Absolutely. Or when you decide to pull that thread mm-hmm. for the PC. Yeah, like, exactly. You're going, huh, they're doing this thing. I think their sire would probably be involved in it at right. some level. Now they're going to interact with, and this will be an interesting story for that character and their sire and everyone to interact with each other and see how they interact. So another kind of another layer of complication of this is the you have, and this is kind of a decision. You, can, you don't have to like, this isn't a hard and fast thing that you always have to do, but you have to decide how big of a ripple do the PCs make and mm-hmm. how much does yeah. the world move when the PCs are just not doing anything? How much does time, how much does the passage of time affect the world around the PCs? Are you, how much do you want to keep track of, of things going on in the background? Mm. Yeah. That's, that's Which you might of, drive yourself insane doing that, so yeah, be very, it, it, very careful. Yeah, it depends on really what you, how much work and workload you want to do. Obviously, like we've said in the past, limit. Uh, we've said lim, uh, limitations are sort of the uh, birth a lot of creativity, creativity, and because of that, things like Vampire the Masquerade is very limiting. It's not a fantasy universe. You're not creating a whole cloth because it's ostensibly our world. Yeah. But with a shade with darker uh darker tones in it you're not gonna have to worry about some werewolf deep wild spirit shit yeah in vampire unless that's really the flavor of the thing that eliminates a lot of questions you have to answer almost from the get-go whereas something like big fantasy D world where you you're making everything for your own setting that's that's the whole kitchen sink everything in the kitchen sink as far as uh world building is concerned is going you're going to be dealing with that um, and, and maybe maybe if you don't want to answer the, these questions, you can have a, a game based around the exploration of a new place yeah. and yeah. have your PCs be strangers in a strange land and they get to know things as it comes up and they there are no overarching necessarily answers to their questions because maybe they're in a, a place that's ruined or a place that doesn't easily have access to that information. Mm-hmm. Le- leaving things ambiguous until you're ready to, to fill them in yeah yeah that's in like you said the advice they gave earlier about try to focus on what the pcs what's connected or interacting with the pcs is a great way to sort of if you want to restrain your thinking and you don't want to have to answer the really awesomely huge big questions right away that's a great way to do it it's a way to make it a manageable chunk and then just add things as the pcs move forward into the setting well, and that's also a good way to to keep yourself from wandering too far away from the the spotlight of the PCs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it keep if it keeps yep. things focused on them, the things that they're interested in and and doing, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know embroiling them in a plot that's happening you know at a at a level of the of interaction that they don't really do much with. Yeah. Uh, so you know you you, you will tend to avoid the uh, we're sitting on our hands and. Uh, uh, not really be able to interact with this in a meaningful fashion because it doesn't have anything to do with any of us. Oh, you know, you don't, you really want to avoid the situation where two where two important NPC, you're, you're, where you're you the GM are having a conversation with yourself in two funny voices. You definitely yeah, don't no, want that's, that. That's real and bad. The PCs you don't aren't able to do anything about it. If you mm-hmm. can avoid that situation, it has to happen. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're hang you might have hanger on NPCs that might need to talk to other NPCs or do something like that. But if two like quote unquote important NPCs are just sitting there blabbering at each other and it's just you talking to each other, it feels a little silly sometimes. So yeah, yeah. Have, have them go into a tent and have that conversation 
uh, and then head. and then let the PCs actually do something. Yeah, just make sure the PCs are doing something. That's being a uh, creating your own setting is a lot like being an author, right? You're you're, mm -hmm. you're writing a a loose story or something like that. So one of the one of the tropes, one of the tricks you can do is something that was told me a while back was there's difference between fantasy and fiction. So fantasy is the world is kind of a, a mirror in which to reflect back on the on the main character, the protagonist, where fiction is the main character is just a piece of and it like a pre-existing world. Like they are not the star necessarily the star of the show, even though the focal point of the story. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something you should you can think about in your world building is as Ryan said, how much of an impact do the PCs have or will have? Are they is the story the the game world and the game story a reflection in which to look at the PCs? Or are they just parts of this grand whole that are just kind of moving through the world? And it's okay and it's okay to have the PCs not be like world shattering like influential figures it's okay to have it's okay to have a DD game that begins and ends in the same like geographical location you know? <laughs> they don't it necessarily does, have to always save the world as it were they don't have to save the world the world doesn't have there doesn't have to be a sort of damocles hanging over everything maybe it's literally just like no no there's a political upheaval or something and if the guy who get gets in into a power you know gets into power it's gonna be real bad <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so world building is uh, well, that's a strain. That's a little bit more about your story in general, where right. you're going to take the game itself. But world building, that's but it's a piece of it because ultimately, when you get the the foundation of what your world is, you will have to answer the question because you want something to move the game forward. Um, and so, and that's going to what how you make that foundation will bleed into what propels the game forward. So, because you're going to have this, the was it the the steady state, world state? I forget what mm, they call world it. State, yeah, yeah, world. This the the world state, and then something happens to change the world state. Mm -hmm. um, but you need to understand what the world is to begin with before you can have that world state even be established. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to know what the status quo is so that your players can disrupt it. <laughs> bingo. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, I've had to do a lot of thinking on that uh, because you know, even with Wild Beyond the Witchlight coming out. And even the domains of uh, delight uh, expansion, there were still some things about how the, for example, the Feywild works, that I was a little, that they basically. I will say though, in terms of goodbyes, the domains of delight expansion for Wild Beyond the Witchlight is a really, really good supplement piece of material, and goes to extra life again. So get it, because it basically gives you. That Saint all the tables one would need to put together one of those Feywild domains and gives you lots of like just tons of ideas as to what are even the what are the constraint puts a little constraint on the chaos that is the Feywild. Yeah. Like, hey, what's the weird monstrous aspect of the Fey that rules this place? You know, the, is it a radiant being with glowing eyes? Is it an animal critter? You know, just sort of here are the things that it kind of maybe can obviously do whatever you want but if you're looking for at least just ideas of what it quote unquote can be you know so it's good to have some constraints and no and that that's also another thing we should talk about world building there are tons of tools and resources out there for world building we trust me there are <laughs> there 
this is such an important part to people, why people role play and especially run games that they have created tools out there. And I'll try to find some and put them in the show notes for you. Like, like there are some that are like, would you like the random history of your world, this fantasy world? Mm-hmm. There you go. Click and a button, kind of put like, some parameters in, but it being bada boom, you're done. They have like <laughs> some kind of those talkbot AI generated, yep, generated things. And I don't know if one of the f- more fun videos I've ever seen is just like people taking like a very simple phrase and just kind of letting these bots go, just go to the moon with it. <laughs> it's it's some funny shit can be come out of it but at the baseline they generally spit out some pretty good good ideas yeah because sometimes unlike we said earlier you just need like a sentence to start with like uh something that makes the world interesting or unique um uh i, I know i said the gods are dead i'm trying to think of another really cool idea for ones that you can have uh uh but they there are some I don't know. My brain's wandering now. Too much food. <laughs> oh man, I'm jealous. I there, wish I there is a single food. substance on a single planet that drives the drives the intergalactic economy. Yeah, there you go. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps oh, it must. Actually, flow. that's it. The spice must flow. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah, exactly. Like that's 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 your that's your that's your main line right there. What is the what is the pitch of the game to get you sort of in the mode for what the game? Because the spice must flow. There's so many words there. It's like, what is the spice? Must is a is like a demand. Like you have to do this. It has to be done. Why does it have to be done? And flow, what does that mean? Is it just like physically move out into the universe? Or is it is it is it a philosophical situation? Mm-hmm. So I guess we keep coming back to the generally. I think a really good idea for maybe a world building is like find a phrase that really like that you like pick a nice freight because you know i used to know a lot of people who would carry around notebooks with them because they were songwriters or mm. write you know poets in general and they would just write like six word phrases down mm-hmm. that it's like this is a meaty phrase sort of thing like yeah. i can write a whole song or yeah. a short story based around this idea maybe do that if get if you get something in your head just Take a take a really meaty phrase and just go nuts with it. Um, that's a, another good good resource. Song lyrics. Yep. If they're already going to create these like meaty phrases, these these phrases that really stick with you, that can have a lot of power to them. Go look up your lyrics to some of your favorite songs. Because I'm sure one or two is going to stick out at you. Especially if you're a person in your mid thirties, where all the music you listen to is probably the same music you listened to when you were in your 20s at this point and you don't listen to any new music there's probably a reason that music you're still listening to the music you're listening to today that you were listening to 10 years ago so go look at those yeah. and the, the stuff you've been listening to for 15 years some of the phrases and stuff in there probably stick with you more also, than most go other back stuff. to older music go back to even older music like like 60s and 70s rock and stuff like that or, there, you know, there's a lot of poetry in there take a full because... bag of Take a full bag of Delta gummies and turn on King Crimson, baby. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> could be anything. Um, also, uh, world building. Um, obviously, we've 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 coached it in like author terms, like the idea of writing it down, thinking about it. But also, any other media will help you world build too. Go watch a, a movie that you're like, my game. I want my game to feel like this movie. Right. T- pick like a genre. Like watch a genre film. It's like, well, I definitely want to invoke the genre. 
So what are the things that invoke this genre? What are the what are the key aspects of this genre? Yeah, what are the tropes? It's wuja. I want to do a wuja thing. Okay. Well, well you better watch a whole some, bunch of wuja films. There's some stuff in there that you might need to go look up and understand if you want to understand the cult of what I what are I guess is now called the cultivation mythos is what they yeah. call it. Because there are a bunch of the novels about Luja are just called cultivation novels. I found yeah. out that's what they're called. So, uh, yeah, you better go look that up if you like that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> just and understand a little. It, world that yeah, that's another thing. Research, like yep. in general, just research. If there's something specific you want, or something you're trying to invoke, you need to go look it up. Sure, you can create a whole cloth, but if you are looking for something specific and you want to make it feel genuine or authentic. And you mentioned another piece of one of the I am probably going to be doing two pieces for this multi-genre thing I am doing and a Wuja's thing is one of them so I have been looking up a lot into the actual um, the Taoist dancing of pacing the trigrams and like what that actually means hmm, like in terms of like what it looks like and how it's put together because I would actually like to incorporate some of the the elements of that into the magical the way the magic works in that thing is the actual foot movements of walking the trigrams, which is actually just walking the stars of the Big Dipper, I found out. Huh. Yes. Interesting. I have almost yeah. no idea what you're talking about, but I think it's cool regardless. Geomancy. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's geomancy. Like, yeah. And yeah, I didn't know that, but the word that they, the actual Chinese word used for that dance literally means walk the big dipper like the hmm. word for they have the specific word for the big the constellation the big dipper and the dance's name is walk the big dipper hey interesting also educational everyone welcome to welcome to ryan read a lot of wikipedia articles <laughs> uh, sometimes that's all you need to do man yeah oh that's yeah wikipedia is a huge huge benefit yeah huge benefit if you especially if you don't want to spend hours like watching or reading something and you just need to kind of get the cliff notes as it were now that, now that said if you're gonna and this is something a line i'm going to have to dance unbelievably carefully when i do when i co-opt these things which is what i am doing you want to uh borrow generously uh but do so sensitively especially if you are taking pieces of other cultures and yeah. religions and all that do your best to do so respectfully. Mm -hmm. For example, if I were to say, write a setting about this uh, in the Wuja thing, one of the things that I'm going to make very clear in the write-up is do not use words in Chinese as part of your character. <laughs> do yeah. not, you are likely going to be a white person doing this. Um, don't try to be cute about it. We're not going to say the words Kung Fu. We're going to call it the way. That's yeah. what, because that's what the words mean. Yeah, there you go. Get the get the original meaning. Yeah, Just and definitely the, the more you are not a part of that culture, definitely do your research. Yeah, definitely. you always got to be real careful with that. Yeah, you and don't like, want to be, you know, you don't lane. want to do culture as a costume. That's yeah, yeah. Do your best to stay in your lane and and you know, don't be a dick about it. Poultry. Pull tropes, don't copy paste someone else's entire yeah, belief system as there, a there, There's, as Ryan said, there's a fine line between like sort of being respectful and then like being a caricature of what you're doing. Yep. Um, so it's also do, hard do, not to give it a tongue bath, you know, yeah. like, oh, I love it so much. So you're obviously like being too uh, too precious about. I don't know. There's a lot. It's a it's a really difficult line to walk when you're taking pieces of real world things to co-opt into a into a story. Yeah, and, 
and also in world building, this, I guess we're, since we're talking about this, think about, you're going to need to think about your own biases too. Yep. Um, you're going to have some unconscious biases. That's, I don't care who you are, what you are, where you're from. You're going to have these uncultural, uh, these subconscious biases that you'll need to try, try to examine and, and try to see, yeah, you're playing with your friends. It's probably not going to be a big deal. You're not going to offend anyone, but try to be careful with that. Well, that, and, but that also really depends on what you're writing for. If you're writing yeah. something for the DMs guild, you have to be very clear and very careful about including this kind of like being careful what you include because eyes are going to be on this you're a publicly if you're in a thing that's publicly searchable and your name's on it or your name's associated with it you have to be you know you have to make sure you're crossing your your t's and dotting your eyes on making sure you are acting right and yeah. making sure that your world doesn't have anything in it it's just like there are some been there have been some instances in the last few years of some setting materials out there just just like know if you guys are supposed to have co-opted that particular piece of history or erased that piece of history <laughs> maybe don't write a piece of alternative fiction where certain aspects of american history never happened uh and just so so you can avoid the uncomfortable uh <laughs> the uncomfortable discussion of it at the game that you're uh, at you're yeah. playing yep i mean yeah i mean i think it the the base it boils down to consider your audience yeah uh, you know if it's just like you know your bros at a table then sure i mean that's not it's not a license to be shitty and appropriative but you, can you know you're, you can you're not gonna have many eyes on you uh yeah. so you know as long as you're you're following like basic guidelines of respect then you know maybe you might have a little bit more license to do some stuff that you just shouldn't do if more more than just a very close circle of eyes is on you yeah you, or the examination doesn't be, have to be as tedious or as yeah. thorough as 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 anything else would be um uh, i would say to that but other things for world building what what should we think about when we're doing world building um obviously we we are sort of it ble bleeds into the game because the game itself needs to be on the foundation of the world of the world so we need to figure out well, I think one of the biggest things would be uh, what what conflicts exist in this world. That's oh, good yes. Yeah. Well, that like, is yeah. one of the most what, important things. On which access will your PCs turn this world? Mm -hmm. uh, because a world that is a, a genuine utopia, there's only a limited amount of stories that you can tell in that kind of world. I actually yeah. got a really good piece of advice from another, from a, from a, our, our good friend uh, Dolores one time. It's like, one of the first things they thought they thought about whenever they wrote a world was what do the people there wear? Oh yeah. What yeah. is their clothing like? Yeah. Do they have adornments? Do they have a specific style? Are there certain colors that are forbidden? Are there certain colors that are required? You know, do those colors mean something? Like just what do the people there wear if you're gonna write like a whole world or mm -hmm. have a whole culture? Yes. Because yes. you're you're gonna see a lot of their you can see a lot of like what the culture actually is in how the people dress and how they live their day-to-day -day lives mm -hmm. from the ground up. Like, and that's that's sometimes a good place to start. What's the what's the everyday for a person who just exists here? Yeah, that's those are perfectly fine questions to ask, to answer, ask and answer. Um, uh, Scott was also correct in like the conflict. I really like that one because yes. I, I immediately thought of the expanse. Mm -hmm. Yes. Look at the setting of the expanse. Absolutely. You got Earth, you've got the belt, you've got Mars. And then you've got something else out there that's well beyond anything that the initial sort of the initial conflicts that we see is there. But Mars belt and 
Mar Earth. Uh, Earth altogether. Besides all the other questions, like why is there a conflict? What's the or, source of that conflict? Or if there is no conflict, how? Yeah, is why no is conflict? there no conflict? Because right. that's just not a norm. Weirdly, I, I know this is sad to say, but a bunch of sentient beings in one place, I don't understand how there is no conflict. There's always going to be conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's some sort of society that has none, how did they achieve that? Is it cool? What's the cost? <laughs> uh, historically, uh, peace in the world is actually an abnormality. In the history of mankind, peace is actually an abnormality. Because usually it, it somebody happens, wants something. It only happens when there's a confluence of certain events and people working really diligently to make sure it doesn't happen. And so, hence why World War I happened. There was someone who was working very hard to keep all the peace between many of these nations, uh, and then it all fell, started without that person. It started falling apart very rapidly, and then, then war and conflict happened. So that's important because that can be in a story unto itself. All these people are at peace. How tenuous. Mm -hmm. But it's tenuous, or there is this one thing that the PCs will interact with that causes war to the conflict to start up. Or at least are in the presence of it, saw yeah. it, were around yeah. it, were near it, yeah. know of it, you know? Have yeah. a connection to it, have stakes yeah. in it. Yeah, they don't have to be the one who caused it. They can just be, be a bystander in the situation. That might be a lot to put on, like, depending on the, the potency and, like, the, the, the characters involved. Yeah, just have them have some stake in it. Like, mm. sometimes you don't necessarily want to do the ah you caused it you monsters nah. <laughs> you don't want that one necessarily or you do or, mm -hmm. I mean, or that could be like no no we really didn't though we were just there oh god we, just, we were just trying to get rich we pulled the idol out of the statue i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah. now you're in front of the king and yeah now he's, they're he's defaming you it, yeah. you know Ugh. yeah and so world building again a lot of super fun of fun it could be a super good time it could be very interesting creative exercise. The problem is you need to constrain it. You need to put limitations on yourself and you don't need to burn and you need to make sure not to burn yourself out. Yeah. Because... I so I think let's, let's go back over just, just the, the, the key points. I think what's the conflict is a good, mm -hmm. is a good question. Pick a meaty phrase. That's, yep. a, that's a good one. Uh, pay attention. Keep, make sure stay close to the spotlight is a, yep. is another good one. What's your, who's your audience and who's the audience. That's yep. another good one. Yeah, who's your audience? Um, that's also part of the spotlight, in my opinion. Like those are two yeah, that go right next to each right, other. Yeah, they go right next to each other. So, I, and I think when you take, and I'm sure we had one or two other like sort of one sentence bullet points in here, but I think those kind of sum up like some some considerations. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because because I've heard, I know many 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 stories of people writing too much. And unless you just like doing it to an, do it, it's an old school joke. Yeah. Like the GM with like the, five multi ring binders full of notes on his world he's been building since he was 15 years old. And it's just like, I don't know if y'all want to put, I don't, I don't want you to put all that on me, man. Well, mm -hmm. it also, but that could, it depends on the person. Some GMs do that and they love it. They absolutely adore it because yep. they've done all the work, they know everything that's going on. And every time they run a new game, it's a different aspect of that world. And they're yeah, ready I'm, to go. Like, yeah, I'm mostly joking. It's it, as long as you're not putting it on the PCs to remember every little yeah thing. And, you yeah, know. And don't and don't expect them to interact with everything, and don't try to shove everything they into don't. their down their throats because it's not going to be fun for them. Because then they're just being talked to rather than interacting with it. 
And I think that's a, I think that's I think we summed yeah, it up that's pretty really good. good. Yeah, we, wow. good. Did we actually give some good advice? I feel like we gave good advice this time. Yeah, yeah. All right, decent, decent. I'll, I'll give it a, yep. a B, B plus, B plus. Yeah, sure. I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay with a B for now. But if you have mm-hmm. any questions, guys, send us an email. If you have any more questions, you yeah, want us to talk about thoughts, this because there's probably things in our ramblings that we didn't think oh, about also, or we didn't forget. We're actually relatively interactive in the Discord. If you know, for, with our patrons, if so, if that's something of interest to you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We love talk, talking with our patrons. Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, it, it it gives us life. It feeds this show. If you interact with us either in Discord or by email, so from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.